sobbed as grievously as she had done, his shoulders shaking. Yet she was left without a tear. This is a wonder I breathe to myself when I follow the sobbing ragman. Rags, rags, new rags for old, he shouted. In a little while, while the sky showed gray behind the rooftops, the ragman came upon a little girl whose head was wrapped in a bandage, whose eyes were empty. Blood soaked that bandage. A single line of blood ran down her cheek. The ragman looked at the child with pity. Give me your rags, he said, and I'll give you mine. The child could only gaze at him while he loosened the bandage, removed it, tied to his own and I gasped at what I saw, for with the bandage went the wound. Against the brow ran a darker, more substantial blood, his own. Rags, rags, I take old rags, cried the sobbing, bleeding, <coughs> ragged. He seemed more and more hurried. Are you going to work? He asked the man who leaned against the telephone pole. The man shook his head. The ragman pressed him. You have a job. Are you crazy? Steered the other. He pulled away from the pole, revealing the white sleeve of his jacket flat. The cuff stuffed into the pocket. He had no arm. So the ragman said, give me your jacket and I'll give you mine. Such quiet authority in his voice. The one-armed man was off his jacket and so did the ragman, and I trembled at what I saw. The ragman's arm stayed in the sleeve, and when the other man put it on, he had two arms, thick as tree limbs. The ragman had only one. Go to work, he said. After that, he found a drunk lying unconscious beneath an army blanket, an old man, hunched, wizened, and sick. He took the blanket and wrapped it around himself with the drunk he left in clothes. And now I had to run to keep up with the ragman, though he was weeping uncontrollably and bleeding free freely from the forehead, pulling his cart with one arm stumbling for drunkenness, falling again and again, exhausted and sick, yet he went on with terrible speed. He skittered through the alleys of the city, this mile and the next, until he came to its limits, and he rushed beyond. And I wept to see the change in this man, I hurt to see his sorrow, and yet I needed to see where he was going in such haste. The ragman finally came to the landfill, the dump. He climbed up a garbage heap, and with a tormented labor, he cleared a little space on that hill. There he sighed, he lay down, he pillowed his head on his arm and covered his bones with that old army blanket. And then he died. And oh, how I cried to witness that death. I wailed and mourned as one. 
And by his resurrection, 
Jesus has clothed us in the garments of immortality. You know, my friends, eternal life is not something that happens to us in the future when we die. In a very real way, you and I are living in eternal life here and now. And Easter is not a day. Easter is not even a season. Easter is a way of life. It is resurrection life, abundant life, life in relationship with a risen, living Savior. And every Sunday, every little Easter, we gather, we hand in our own old rags, and we're made new. We listen to his words, we rub shoulders with his brothers and sisters, we receive his body and blood, the medicine of immortality, which strengthens us and keeps us in that resurrection life. And we do all these things so that the eternity which begins now may one day find its climax and culmination in that joyous, eternal Easter time that we call 